Welcome to A Shot of Life, a podcast aimed at highlighting the personal journeys of professionals and entrepreneurs in Canada, taking a snapshot of the person behind the professional title. I'm your host, Anton Haswell. This is episode one of our National Committee on Accreditation Journey sub-series. The NCA is a process by which all internationally trained lawyers must navigate. This sub-series will focus on individuals who have already or are currently undertaking the accreditation journey in Canada. We will uncover motivations, anxieties, failures, and triumphs in an aim to showcase the wide-ranging experiences many people face when looking to become a lawyer in Canada. The path to accreditation can be a long and arduous one, but one thing is for sure. You're not alone in taking on the challenge, and there is a lot you can learn from each other's experiences. Our first guest is Rabia Khalid, a technology enthusiast who loves to improve the way legal services and legal education is delivered to the most vulnerable in our society. She was called to the Ontario Bar in 2020 and has been actively involved in mentoring those wishing to embark on the lawyer licensing process in Ontario. Hi, Rabia. Hi, Anton. How are you? Very good. Thanks. Thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast today. No problem. I was just thinking it would be great um, for you if you could, for you and our listeners, if you could introduce yourself, where you're from, and sort of what motivated you to choose law. Sure. So uh, I am originally from Lahore, Pakistan, and I wanted to get a law degree because uh, I wasn't too great uh, at numbers. And I keep telling this to a lot of people who are very surprised because I wasn't too good at math and I was always a good writer. Um, So I thought that, you know, doing a law degree would be great. Um, And again, yeah, this is one of the reasons why I really went to law school is because I was a good writer and I just wanted to stay away from numbers. Um, so yeah, so I'm originally from Lahore, Pakistan, and then I got my law degree from, uh, University of London, which is the UK. Um, and then after that, I decided that I wanted to move to Canada and then see where, you know, my law degree can take me from there. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it would be interesting actually to find out a little bit more about what motivated you to choose Canada as sort of a quote unquote end destination. I mean, from Lahore, Pakistan to London, UK to do law, and then from London to Canada, I'm wondering, you know, did were there any conflicting messages or was there some anxiety around that decision? What drove that decision? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um To be very honest, I didn't think too much at the time in terms of, you know, why, uh, what, what, you know, which country I wanted to choose. It was more of um, the resources that I had at the time. My parents wanted to immigrate to Canada um, and it was sort of that decision that, you know, they were already in the process of immigrating and, I had thought that, you know, it would be it would be a good idea to see because I, I was supposed to immigrate with them. So mm. I thought it was a good idea to explore and see what it's going to be like uh, here in Canada. And um, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to see what it's going to be like. If, if I liked it, I would have stayed. If I didn't like it, if I, if I didn't like it too much, then I would have obviously maybe, you know, my path would have been different. Maybe I would be in a different country. Uh, but 
Uh, in terms of deciding why uh, why Canada, it, it was more of a decision which involved, you know, family. Um, my parents had already decided that they wanted to immigrate here, and because I had a law degree, um, I just I just moved along with it. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, the law degree, you know, obviously, as you know, and many of our listeners know, in the UK, if you can get your law degree from the UK, it's a common law jurisdiction. Um, you you graduate with a common law LLB, and you're able to relatively seamlessly. I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't use the word seamlessly, but you are able to undertake an accreditation journey in Canada that would allow you to practice. So, um, I mean, you, you you experience a little bit less hurdles than those, for instance, who might have obtained their law degree from a civil law jurisdiction like France, for instance. So, yeah, I can see that that might be a, a natural jump. So um, just before we jump into more of your experiences in Canada, obviously really interested in how how you're finding it and and what you found to be challenging just going back a little bit to your experience studying law itself um obviously coming from lahore in pakistan to london how did you find that that experience in studying law um was it what you thought it would be um i know personally when i was studying law abroad um uh, there was a lot of um rather than only academic adjustments that I had to make. Obviously, studying law is quite arduous process, but even more personal adjustments that I had to make and anxieties that I had to get over. And I'm interested if you had some similar experiences. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, that's that's a good question because it touches upon um, you know your personal growth as well uh, in terms of you know even though you're studying and you're you're working towards your goals, but at the same time time you're also trying to grow as a person and when when you're studying law which is from a different jurisdiction and you're you're doing all sorts of different courses you're meeting different people who come from different different backgrounds I think that you know um, it, it's it was amazing in the sense that uh, I was able to you know um, learn as much as I can um, uh, from common law jurisdiction uh, but at mm -hmm. the same time, I was able to explore myself, grow as a person, and I didn't find it uh, too challenging. Um, just because even when I was growing up in Lahore, um, I, I went to in international school, so that's that was that is the British system, which is um, when I did my high school and everything. It, it was all the British system, so I didn't find um, it too challenging. I didn't find it to be. Uh, you know, you know when you when you're studying in a different jurisdiction, sometimes people have like language barriers or other sorts of right. you know issues. I, I didn't find that because, again, uh, like I said, my high school and everything was international school, so you know it's okay. Um, it it all worked out in the end, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and I'm thankful for you know I I, I had different experiences. Yeah, of course, I know. I mean, speaking even from my own personal experience, like the academic side and then the personal experience, you, you really experience a lot of growth in undertaking a degree abroad. And so you did all of that. Um, you got your degree abroad. Um, you did you did very well. And then you you decided to fulfill the the ultimate goal was to come to Canada. And so then you came to Canada. And, and what where what part of Canada did you enter in and are you still there now like wh which part of Canada are you in now uh yes yeah, so I moved here to Toronto and I moved here in 2015 
which is about five years ago, and I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm still here. Um, When I moved here, I, again, like, like, I, I didn't know that I wanted to become a lawyer. I was just trying to understand uh, what it's going to be like studying here, getting to meet people from the legal community, lawyers, professors. Um, so uh, I I just enrolled myself uh, at Osgood and I did my master's in international business law. Um, and yeah, so like I said, I wasn't sure if I wanted to practice and my main purpose of get, enrolling myself um, in, a, in a Canadian school, at a Canadian school, was to just understand what it's going to be like, um, right. just see where people are, what, what people's experiences have been. So it was more, it was more of me trying to understand what it's going to be like, as opposed to, you know, I need to do this because I'm going to become a lawyer. Right, right. And how did you find the experience on the LLM? I can imagine, obviously, the academic side of things would be interesting in in learning about international law and business, but as well, maybe, you know, communicating with your classmates and then perhaps other students who are on the common law LLM, which is quite popular for NCA students. Did you manage to, to learn a little bit about the NCA and the process through them? And how was that experience? Yeah, so when I when I was doing my master's, I met a lot of people from different parts of the world. Like they, some people had just moved in, uh, some people were originally from Canada and they went to the UK and then they sort of came back. Uh, while mm-hmm. some people had just immigrated, so I met people from different backgrounds, which was amazing because I I still talk to them. They're all my friends, mm-hmm. um, and most of them are lawyers now. So it's 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 good to have a network uh, sure. of lawyers. Um, and yeah, so when I when I was studying my master's, I got to know about the NCAs through my friends. Uh, some of them were in the common law program, uh, common law LLM, which is which is uh, which is a program people take in order to fulfill the NCA requirements. And then I had some other friends who were in uh, masters of international business law, uh, which is a specialization, but you know, students can still take NCA courses if they wanted to. I, I did not mm-hmm. take any any courses. Um, right. So, yeah, I got to know about the NCAs through some of my friends, just talking to professors uh, and, like, admin. And just, like, there were a whole bunch of webinars or, uh, no, I mean, at that point, it was in-class, in like, workshops, not webinars. Um, right. Yeah, so I got to know a lot about that, uh, a lot about the NCAs through that. Right. And so... You you complete your um, LLM in international business law, and then obviously you decide that you'd like to pursue at least uh, at least in the short term a career in law. So you you want to get accredited by the NCA. How did you find that process? Did did you have any help, or did you have to navigate that yourself? And how many exams did you have to do? Things like that. Yeah. So. I remember that uh, when I graduated from my master's, the day that I graduated was actually when I received my NCA assessment. So literally, mm-hmm. on uh, when I was graduating, I remember coming home and I got an email that I have an assessment and I have to take eight courses. Right. Now, I did know, so I had some people who had already taken NCA courses. Some of them took it as part of the LLM and, you know, I, I obviously spoke to them and I had some idea in terms of what the exams are going to, you know, look like. Or I knew some people who had that experience. 
Um, mm -hmm. And as part of my LLM, I did, did take some courses which helped me pass my NCA exams. Uh, just like understanding like Canadian constitutional foundations. Like I had the basic knowledge. So it wasn't like this was very new to me. I wasn't like the person who just came here and I just, I, I was just writing the NCA. So I did have the, the, the basic understanding of Canadian law. So I didn't find the exams. Um, I, I found that I, I didn't know what to expect on the exam because there's not, Mm -hmm. There's no information out there. I mean, there is, but it's not enough to just, you know, guess what's going, what the exam is going to look like. So that right. was a, a bit hard in the sense that I, I didn't know what to expect. And at the time I had this mission where I wanted to get done with the NCA exams as soon as possible. So I wrote eight in one sitting and then, no, sorry, I wrote four in one <laughs> sitting and then four in the other. Um, right. I just wanted to get them out of the way. So I, I was studying full time and just, yeah, I mean, it was more of just getting done with them as opposed to, you know, just, I didn't enjoy the process, to be honest, like writing the NC exam, yeah. I didn't enjoy it too much. <laughs> it was just right. like, oh, I just want to get, get them out of my way. Yeah, I think hearing feedback from many students uh, in my conversations, I think that's that's a sentiment that's shared. Nobody really enjoys the exams, <laughs> especially because there's always that, you know, it's we're only human and there's always that thing that says, oh, my God, what if I fail or, you know, this, that and the other. So, I mean, obviously you, you did you did well on them, um, but you I mean, like you said, you wanted to get them done as soon as you could. Um, but also it sounds like you really integrated yourself into the legal community. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, because I think it's valuable for people to know that, you know, completing the NCA exams is like step is one step of maybe about 50 that would lead to getting your career on track and getting, you know, a paid articling position, let's say. Um, so maybe offer some advice or or maybe draw from your own experience about how you navigated that and how you put yourself out there and learned a little bit about the legal profession and made those contacts that are so important. Yeah, I think that this is a very important topic. And unfortunately, not a lot of people talk about it. And, and, and Anton, this is really great that you're bringing this up. Because mm -hmm. I truly believe that, you know, when you move to a different country, and you're trying to, you know, become a lawyer or a doctor or whatever it is that you're, you're trying to pursue. It's it's not about just getting there as fast as you can. It is about learning. It is about getting yourself out there. It's about growing as a person as well. So rather than moving here and just writing my NCA exams, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't even take, why I didn't even uh, take the master's, which is about fulfilling the NCA requirements, is because mm -hmm. I just didn't want to do that. Um, now, when employers look at my resume, uh, they see that I have a master's in international business law as opposed to Canadian common law, which is not a specialization right. at all. It is just you exactly. doing law school again. So this is why I, and again, a lot of people might not have the resources to do it as well. So it's it's entirely your decision. But f f like this is coming from somebody who has been through the process and understands that it is not about getting there as fast as you can. It's not about passing the exams. It is none of that. The, the licensing is important. Everyone has to do it. Now, the next thing is how are you different? So 
you can't expect to do everything and, you know, feel like you're entitled to a job. Well, you're not because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you find a job, it's good. Everyone wants a good job or whatever it is that, that you want to do. But it is more about finding what your passion is. And you can only find your passion if you experiment, talk to different people, uh, understand what you like and what you don't like. And the NC exams are just, I would say, like 5% of becoming a lawyer, if not less. So right. my recommendation is to figure out what you like, try and get yourself out there, talk to people, make those connections. And when when you become a lawyer, or even if you article, it's not about just like people are going to look at your resume and be like, yeah, well, great, you passed your exams. What else did you do? Like, yeah. do you know how... How is your communication? Like, uh, like what are, what are the skills that you have? And when I was writing my NCA exams, uh, because I I studied on my own and I I didn't I didn't take uh, any classes or anything. I think that that's also a skill that you develop in terms of figuring out things on your own. You know, mm-hmm. that's very that's a very valuable skill that you know you can probably you know put on your resume or um, you know try to sell yourself. Uh, using that skill but yeah I mean this is a great point that you touched upon and and, you know a lot of people should be talking about it it's not the NCA is not a guarantee that you're going to be a good lawyer right no that's right I mean the National Committee on Accreditation is essentially just a branch of the Federation of Law Societies and a gatekeeper to the profession in Canada and you know they'll assess your your foreign credentials and they'll also prescribe a number of examinations that would you know make you quote unquote equal to a domestically trained law student but um after that there's there's a whole you know there's a whole uphill battle that's involved in in really networking marketing yourself and i think for internationally trained lawyers it's even more important i mean obviously even i've spoken to domestic students you know from various law schools in canada that struggle with the same challenges in in obtaining articling in job shadowing i mean it, it is a bit of a skill that you need to learn and i think the sooner that people are able to understand that key factor is the more likely they are to be successful sooner. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, like you said, understanding that it's not a sprint. um, And in fact, it can't be a sprint because if you rush through NCA exams, I found through through speaking to students um, is okay, now what? You know, like the expectation is you build it up in your head that, oh, I have to get through these NCAs and then, oh, I have to get through the bar. But then now what? What are you going to do? Like, what's your practice area? What's your experience? How are you going to market yourself? So it's so important. And I think there are valuable resources and we'll get into that in future podcasts on how students would be able to to find resources to network, to find resources to better their understanding on Canadian commercial awareness, let's say. Um, but there's a lot of things that that go into it. And I think just too often, like you were saying, Rabia, um, the focus is too small. <laughs> I think it needs to be bigger and broader. And it, yeah. I hope, you know, like you were saying, I, we hope that these kinds of discussions raise that awareness. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a good point. And I also... I also want to mention that it's when you're a part of the uh, the NCA process or when you're trying to become a lawyer, and I, I, a lot of people might not agree with me on this, but this is something that has been very beneficial to me. I, I worked at very different places. I worked at law firms. I worked at, at the legal, uh, I worked at a tech, legal tech startup at the Legal Innovation Zone. 
um, I worked at an art school. I worked at teaching children uh, at a Montessori school. So it's mm -hmm. not just about, you know, la, 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 la. It is also about, you know, what other skills you bring to the table. It's, I mean, right. yeah, you, ca you can't be a good lawyer just by working at law firms or working in just like, I mean, I think you need different skills like, you know, um, when you're teaching at a school. Uh, you, you know, your communication is better. You're able to convince, you know, students or whatever it is. So I like to tell everyone, whoever I speak to and whoever I, I, I talk to, like, do different things. Because when I'm looking at a resume, I want to see your personality as opposed to, yeah, you jump from one firm to another to another. Well, where is your personality? So mm. I think that's also one thing which is equally important Um as getting licensed i think it's like building your skill level and it's just not like you need to have business skills as well i mean if you want to practice law and you go to a firm well you know do you know anything about business do you know anything about bringing clients like i mean that's something that nobody's going to tell you right now but once once you are a lawyer you're just going to be like wait why didn't somebody yeah. tell me all this you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And I mean, there are some people I've spoken to who have got years of practice, um, you know, let's say in your home country, Rabia, lo loads of, of practice in Pakistan, let's say. Um, and it, it's obviously important to try to explain that previous legal work experience and how that translates to what you want to pursue in Canada. Um, there's so many varying um, backgrounds of legal professionals and law students, but I think you hit on something important. It's not just law, law, law. It is, you know, more and more um, law firms are looking for a diverse um, grouping of lawyers. And what that entails is, you know, things that are on the periphery of your resume. Like you said, teaching at a Montessori school is really interesting. And perhaps you can you can use that to explain how, you're able to communicate with, you know, various varying um, groupings of people. I mean, that that goes a long way, I would imagine. So, you know, having a well-rounded CV is is what I mean, I would imagine very, very important, especially in this day and age. Yeah. And especially during interviews, whenever I, you know, communicate to the employer that, you know, I have worked with children and I did that for eight hours a day. Uh, they're very impressed because they know that, you know, if you're able to ha handle children, which, and their ages are yeah. like three to six, three to five, I mean, you can handle uh, working right. under pressure or like you have dispute resolution skills. So, I mean, and I <laughs> yeah, always true. try, yeah, I always try to communicate that because that's when, you know, people start seeing your personality and people open up and they feel a lot more comfortable. And, you know, it's all about breaking the ice and, you know, how you, at the end of the day, you know, communicate. So it is equally important that you try out different things and, you know, learn from every experience that you get. Exactly. Yeah. I remember when I was um, in my law degree in London, I went to an event at a law firm and um, one of the partners was saying one of the ways he judges whether or not he's going to hire on a trainee, which is what they call articling students in the UK, was the 2 a.m. test. And that was if we're working on, let's say, a major um, acquisition and we're working through the night, can I look at this person and envision myself enjoying my time at 2 a.m. 
working in a room together. So, yeah. I mean, a, a lot goes into that, right? A lot. And that's what you're, you're talking about, the personality and, and you know, just just the um, your life experiences and how you're able to relay that to people. It matters a lot. Personal relationships and, and you as a person matter just as much as your legal work experience. I think that's that's really important. And I, I, def I definitely agree with you. So you you've completed your NCAs. Um, have you you've been called to the bar in 2020. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and so you've articled and I, I mean, where do you see your your legal career going from here? Um, do you have what, what aspirations have you got? Yeah, so I um I want to, wherever I go from, from now, um, like, I mean, ever since I've been called to the bar, I've been um, mentoring and trying to teach, uh, you know, the community that I'm from. So people who want to embark on the lawyer licensing journey, I've been giving back uh, to this community. I started a channel where I talk a lot about the process. Um, and, and, and I, I want to keep doing that because, you know, I, I have a passion for teaching and I would like to, you know, explore that a little bit more moving forward, um, mm -hmm. in my career. Um, other than that, other than legal education, I, I want to, I want to practice in corporate commercial or corporate immigration, something related to corporate because uh, I have a master's in international business law. And that's one of the areas that I'm very interested in. So I would like to uh, practice in, in, in an area which involves corporate law. And wherever I practice, I want to move forward as opposed to moving backwards. I want to make sure that wherever I go, I'm using technology and making sure that, you know, tasks that took, let's just say, four hours back in the day, you know, I'm able to do that with the skills that I bring to the table um, using technology and that entrepreneurial mindset to, you know, just uh, reduce the time that is needed for, you know, those those tasks that, you know, back mm -hmm. in the day required four hours. So my goal and my passion lies in using technology to innovate, let's just say legal education, as well mm -hmm. as legal services uh, that are provided to the most, you know, vulnerable in our society. Amazing. Yeah. And I think we could have a whole other podcast on on the infusion of technology and AI and blockchain on you know yeah. uh, contracts and you know estate planning I've heard and and taxes and things like that it's it's a really interesting area and uh, definitely maybe we can have another conversation about that kind of stuff and also yeah, sure. you know the legal education innovation as well definitely so I mean it's it's been great speaking with you, Rabia. I, I really appreciate and I think the listeners will appreciate your insights. I think we touched on a lot of interesting things. And I think it's always good for everybody to learn from each other. Um, you know, everybody's going through this and sometimes um, a conversation that goes just beyond, you know, legislative matters or case law and how to pass an exam. Sometimes it just helps to learn from each other and what we all went through. So given all of that, and I think everybody has got a, a relatively good picture of, of you and your, your career and your trajectory, the question that I always ask at the end of these conversations is, given everything that you've experienced and accomplished and had anxieties over, would you do it all again? That's a, that's a good and smart question. I mean, <laughs> you know, when I was starting this process, I would have liked to, you know, know the answer to this. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a set answer. I mean, I wouldn't say yes or no. 
Um, and, and I know this is a very lawyer answer that, that I'm providing <laughs> right now. But I think that it, it depends on a lot of different, it depends on a lot of different things. Now, I would do the process all over again, because I feel like I've become a better human being in terms of, you know, I know now how to, you know, chase my dreams. I know if I'm passionate about something, how to go get it. So right. this journey taught me a lot more than just law. It, it taught me about, you know, moving countries and figuring out your own path. And, you know, when you move to a different country and you want and you decide that maybe this is where I want to spend the rest of my life here, then you have to figure out, like, you need to have that dedication. You need to figure out a path where, you know, you, you can be successful and what are some of the things that you are, you know, capable of achieving. So this journey made me uh, very humble. It made me realize that, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. You're going to fail a lot of times or you're not going to get what you want. But the point is that looking back now, I would do it all over again because it made me a better person. I am stronger. Um, you know, I, I now know how to achieve what I really put my head uh, into. So, so, so that way, I, I would do it all over again. I, I love exploring myself. I love rediscovering, uh, you know, myself and just putting yourself out there, putting yourself out of your comfort zone is has been amazing for me. And I've learned a lot. And I've learned this through, again, like my own experiences. And this entire journey really, really taught me, you know, how to be patient and just, you know, just keep going. Um but at the same time, in terms of, you know, becoming a lawyer, I think it's great. I think that, I mean, I would do it all over again. But the key point here is that you need to find what you really love. And it could be mm. not even practicing law at the end of the day or even practicing law at the end of the day or trying to improve legal services. services. So, I mean, it's just trying to figure out what your path is and what you're passionate about. And to be honest, I'm called to I am called to the bar and I am a lawyer, but I'm still figuring out, you know, what is it that, you know, what what is it that I really want to do and what is it that that I, you know, want like what is it that I'm going to wake up at 8 a.m. and be very happy to start my day with. So, I think that right. that's 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 my recommendation and that's what I think that it's just finding what you really want to do and it's okay to not know that. A lot of people don't. And it's completely mm -hmm. fine when you when I've spoken to lawyers who always tell me that the first year that they were called or maybe a couple of years, they just were figuring out what they like. So it's OK. Yeah. 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 No, that's great. And I think you've almost perfectly summarized, you know, basically the ethos and the purpose of this podcast is to explore that, um, you know, we're all very different. Um, but I think what um, a pretty unflappable theme throughout is that people really benefit from, you know, the gaining confidence, you know, conviction and, you know, your ability to manage difficult and sometimes anxiety riddled situations. Um, coming through that at the end of it um, is so valuable that, you know, it's almost like it, you look at your law degree as secondary to the way that you've grown as a person. And then hmm. you have the, the strength of character and confidence to move forward in whatever direction, knowing that you'll find it and you, you, you're confident that you'll be able to do what you love to do. Um, and I think that's, that's a perfect way to end it, Robbie. I really appreciate it. And I think before we end 
um, actually what we should do is talk a little bit about what you're doing on YouTube and, and how people might be able to look you up and, and learn a little bit more about you and learn a little bit more from you. Yeah, for sure. So I started a channel. Um, it's called Law Study Kit. Uh, you can search it on YouTube, and uh, I have been posting a lot of content since the past uh, two to three months uh, where I talk a lot about the lawyer licensing process in Ontario. And I touch upon a lot of the NCA courses, and I, um, you know, just talk about them, my experience, what are some of the things that I found difficult. I also share some of the mistakes that I had made preparing for some courses. And um, any advice in terms of, you know, anything that I learned from my personal experience, I'm not shy to talk about it. I just put it out there because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like Anton, you said too, like we all have different experiences and just learning from people's experiences is like, is something that is very valuable. So yeah, I mean, you could, you could yeah. check out my channel. Um, I have my, um, I have my email on my channel. Feel free to message me if you'd like. You could also search me on LinkedIn and, you know, I'm happy to chat about if you have similar experiences or if you're moving different countries. I mean, I think I'm a good person. You want to speak yeah. to you about that. Um, so, Perfect. yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you want, you could definitely get in touch with me. Amazing. So that's Law Study Kit on YouTube as a subscriber myself i can definitely recommend it it's really good i mean it's you can tell that it's genuine you know it's from the heart you're talking about you know things you need to know you know how to learn from some of your failures you know things like how to write a memo on the ncx a lot of things that that otherwise go untold so i think it's really valuable resource and i definitely recommend everybody check that out and uh, on that note rabia thanks so much for your time and maybe we'll get around to doing that um, legal tech podcast as well one day yeah for sure no thanks so much anton for having me on your podcast i think that this is great uh, I think this is gonna this is gonna go a long way. I I really appreciate your efforts, and I think that uh, this is something that you know people who are writing the NC exam needs to you know hear and look into and just understand and learn from other people's experiences. So yeah, like I think that this is great. Thanks for doing Thanks. it. Thanks. Yeah, no worries. Thank you, Ravia. Thank you very much. That just about does it for episode one of A Shot of Life. This is a podcast aimed at highlighting personal journeys of professionals and entrepreneurs in Canada. This was also episode one of the National Committee on Accreditation Journey sub-series. I'd like to thank Rabia for taking some time out of her busy schedule to join me in my uh, Maiden podcast episode. And I'd also like to thank listeners. I hope that everybody managed to glean something from the conversation. And I also hope that the purpose and the ethos of this podcast was conveyed. I'm looking to explore motivations and inspirations behind why individuals look to embark on a legal career in Canada, especially if they're coming from abroad. Uh, you could be a Canadian who's gone abroad for law and coming back to Canada, or you could be like Rabia, somebody from Lahore, Pakistan. I think while journeys are different, experiences can be shared. I'm really hoping that with future episodes, we can uncover and explore together more of these experiences and share more of these experiences so that they become more mainstream and, and less behind the curtain. 
We've got tons of resources out there. We've got the NCA and we've got Google and we've got Facebook and Rabia's YouTube channel. And I'm hoping to add another one to that list. Um, please stay tuned for more podcast episodes upcoming. And again, thank you so much for listening. I'm Anton Haswell and we'll talk again.